Hello, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au and I am really pleased today to be chatting with a friend of mine and I feel like a bit of a soul traveling partner. We actually met in Guatemala, but I want to introduce everyone to Nash, Nash Godridge. So welcome to the call, Nash. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, no, it's really wonderful to reconnect. So I want to take everybody on a little journey because Nash and I met on like a kind of crappy bus ride in Guatemala. And it was one of those things where, you know, rather than just chit-chatting over coffee or beer and, you know, talking about the usual things like what do you do and blah, 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 I felt like really quite quickly we were talking about like connections to our family and like really just deeper kind of level conversations and it was one bus trip and then that was it really and through Facebook and the joys of media I've been able to follow Nash's journey and something that I love connecting with Nash about and I want to share with everyone is I feel you have a, a great openness a great willingness to say yes to opportunities in life I feel you really do demonstrate resilience and a capacity to feel pain and feel love both at the same time and i feel like these are gifts and skills that we all need and arguably we all have these skills but we're not aware of it yet perhaps so nash i was wondering could you tell us just introduce yourself to people i mean you've you've got a background in fitness training you're now a yoga teacher and you're doing a lot of work in resilience and holistic health coach work do you want to just give people an overview of who you are at the moment and what you offer in the world? Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you said it well. I'm a health coach, a fitness coach. Uh, I've trained in yoga and massage therapy. And growing up, I played sports my whole life. I played a lot of soccer or football, as you may know, on your side of the world. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've always really been into, into movement. And uh, in my 20s, I became a little bit more interested in um, the, the rehab and therapy side of health and fitness. Uh, I had gone through a lot of sports injuries growing up. And so mm -hmm. that has led me down a path of helping other people in their physical, mental bodies. And, and lately in the last year or so, it's transforming even now into more of helping people with mind, body, spirit um, more, more holistically. And so that is, uh, is what I'm offering the world. And I'm happy to be here sharing my story. Great. So for me, I, I love connecting with humans. And I, I really sincerely live with this approach to life that every creature belongs here. You know, we're all equally worthy and lovable and loved. And it's just, it's really nice for me to be able to hear everybody's stories. It kind of doesn't matter who you are on the planet, I'm, I love sharing stories. And something that I really enjoyed about chatting with you and getting to know you and, you know, was this, I felt like you'd opened up a switch of spirituality, something almost accidentally. It's like suddenly you were searching for meaning and searching for purpose and leaving your comfortable little life in the States and, and, and trying to do, not trying, but choosing to do things that might have put you in vulnerable situations or, you know, made you face, face challenges and difficulties. And I'm curious, did, were you always a spiritual person or like when you're back in as a younger teenager doing soccer was, you know, how did that transition of just 
going into the spiritual searching, seeking meaning. How did that happen for you? And do you want to share a little bit about of that yeah. awakening, that journey? Yeah, I'd love to. So, I mean, for most of my life, I would have not considered myself spiritual. Mm. Uh, I would, you know, I, I grew up also in somewhat of a religious background, but I wouldn't have even considered myself very religious either, but knowing that I believed in something greater, mm -hmm. uh, greater than me. And so I'm, I'm 30 now, and in, a couple of years ago, I went through a very, very difficult uh, breakup and went through a tremendous amount of, of heartache. And it was really just a year ago where I basically encountered a place in my life where I just felt completely lost and I felt like I was almost drowning. Like I was, I was having, I was in a deep state of anxiety, having a really difficult time breathing mm -hmm. and started to question why, like, why am I here? And why has this happened to me? And why have I gone through all this pain? It's just, it's just not fair. It just doesn't seem right. Like, I feel like, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been a good person for the most part and I've worked really hard in my life. and. I was a people pleaser, you know, for pretty much most of my life. And so it's like, why, why am I going through this pain? And so, uh, yeah, it was about a year ago where I started to really dig deep and, and, you know, started to really feel pain. So, you know, to be honest, it was, it was like about a year after my breakup where I started to really feel and process because mm -hmm. I was going through a period of, I would probably say shock and denial. You know, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I was in a very loving relationship and uh, I thought, you know, that was going to be a relationship that was going to exist forever, you know, and, you know, looking back on it now is actually a real blessing in disguise because I think both of us were, you know, meant to be together for the time that we were, but not necessarily the best, you know, the right fit for the long term. And sometimes mm -hmm. isn't, isn't love um, a kind of best teacher in non-attachment and, yeah. fully showing up to be present because I think we often neglect to remember that life is so dynamic. Humans are so dynamic and there's so many complex layers of interaction and change that, I mean, it's romantic and everything to think we can package life off and say, okay, well, I'm going to get married and this is going to happen. And then that will happen and have all these expectations and rigid guidelines and plans. But at the end of the day, to truly love is to be able to let go and to surrender and to show up to new possibilities that we can never predict. Like sometimes the universe just has different things in, in store for us. And I feel that our aches and our pains and our loves are often those teachers that come along and say, uh, 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 you're going this way. Come on, come on. And so do you want to share a little bit about what did processing the pain mean for you? And was it purely physical pain? Was it emotional? Was it mental? Was it a bit of everything? Like, um, talk us through, talk us through that processing piece. Yeah. Well, I'd say in the beginning, I, you know, when I was in the shock denial phase, it was a lot of numbness and confusion. It felt like my arm was chopped up chopped off so like like a piece was missing from me like I felt this punch in the, in the stomach and 
in terms of processing the pain, when it started to get more, I guess you could say emotional, um, when I found out that, um, you know, the person that I love was now in a relationship with someone else that really cemented things and said, Oh my gosh. Okay. Like this is for real. Mm. And, um, I had begun to do like counseling therapy. I'd never done that before in my life. So just beginning to speak through, talk through the things that was, that were going on in my mind, I think helped to begin releasing some of the floodgates of the emotion and the energy that needed to, to, to get released from, from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like the, these feelings were a combination of physical, emotional, mental, like just, just feeling confusion in my head and pain in my stomach and pain in my heart. Like I'd feel my heart racing. Oftentimes I'd feel like I was in a deep state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, basically I got to a point where I feel like, okay, I feel like I have lost essentially what I had considered one of the most important things in my life. And now that's gone. Right. So we t- you said so eloquently this idea of non-attachment. And so then began this process of learning to find joy and love on my own and for myself and really started to, I wouldn't even say take risks, but just put myself out there as like, okay, what do I have to lose now? Like, so it was like almost like this huge, like death of an ego or it took a huge hit where it's like, I'm going to share stuff with people. I'm going to go out of my way to try some new activities that, you know, maybe I might enjoy whether it's like taking a new uh, class or finding a new hobby or going to more social events, um, just being a lot more proactive and trying to schedule, you know, social events and just sharing with people and being vulnerable. Um, and, you know, this is uh, something that's also come up for me is like, you know, as a man, you know, I, I know a lot of like my peers who are also men, you know, have expressed that, you know, there's been difficulty in sharing deep, um, deep emotions and experiences in relation to, you know, heartache and pain, you know, because as men, we're often taught we have to be tough, right? Absolutely. You know, wrong and we shouldn't cry. But I'll be honest, I've cried more in the last year than my entire life combined. And what a gift, what a gift to yourself that you've allowed, you know, from that neuroplasticity point of view, what a gift to yourself that those feeling experiences and emotions weren't kind of suppressed or repressed back and blocked off and that you actually allowed the brain to go through those neurological transitions. And, you know, often it's, behind the tears or behind the grief or behind the sadness that's where our joy is sitting it's like a vending machine you know in order to get to the one that's you know five mars bars back you've got to go through the first four and part of emotional processing is having honesty being humble and vulnerable enough to actually say well this is my present moment it's not yesterday it's not tomorrow this is what i'm feeling right now and and saying yes to that feeling without judgment with kindness and the beautiful thing is and i'd love to hear your perspective on this is when we give ourselves permission to feel and permission to be vulnerable and we actually cry often it liberates the people around us because suddenly they're like oh well if he can cry i can cry like if if she can go through that grief well then you know 
I don't judge myself as much when I go through that grief. So there's this kind of great sense of uh, community building and belonging and support. And I think I want to just clarify here, this is not about dwelling in emotions like for hours or weeks or months or years on end. This is about being present. And sometimes when we cry and we feel that anxiety or sadness or grief, it's literally seconds as it passes. Like it's, it's not always a week of crying. Sometimes it can be a good three minutes and then you feel better. So I'd love to hear, did you have any moments of that finding the relief and joy behind the grief? Completely. And I just want to touch on this whole idea of allowing yourself to feel. Yeah. And one thing that I've talked a lot about and felt a lot really is increasing my, my willingness to feel emotion and not putting a label on it has increased my ability to heal, you know, in a sense of like, okay, maybe, you know, it's sadness or it's grief or it's pain or it's confusion or anxiety, whatever it is, it's, it is what it is. And the more we kind of get in the cycle of trying to label like, oh, I should avoid that because it's negative or bad. We'll just kind of stop that whole process of allowing us to cycle through these feelings and let the energy go through our body. And oftentimes, like after, you know, sharing a story with a friend or going through the process of either like a physical release through crying or some sort of energetic release, like you, I feel lighter, right? You know, I feel lighter in my body, more vitality, more energy. And, and I, I just, well, I welcome that. I, I really do welcome that feeling now because it's, I realize it's maybe just something that my body needs to go through to release. Well, you know? I feel like it's a human process. And, you yeah. know, it's like if we're always in our comfort zone and always repeating the same thing every day, sure, there might not be as much fear and there might not be as much challenge and there might not be um, as much novelty, but there's also less likely to be learning. And there's, there's, it's kind of can become a stale way of living where, you know, we have, we're gifted, humans are gifted with this set of emotional capacity. And, you know, there's sad, mad, angry, and then joyful, peaceful, powerful. There's kind of six major categories of feeling and it's healthy to feel all of them. And if we start blocking our feelings or medicating our feelings or telling ourselves that it's not okay to feel that, we're probably blocking more than we realize because you know, in order to get to those feelings of power and to truly see yourself as a powerful being, you often have to go through a crap load of fear. <laughs> and resistance and anxiety because it's terrifying to see yourself as a potent powerful leader for example you know and so i think allowing ourselves to feel and having a willingness to feel and knowing that it's not necessarily all you know easy and effortless and joyful that there, there's when you go through change new parts of your brain are firing and you're like oh my god this is uncomfortable this is unfamiliar and you have to let those parts of your brain fire in order for it to reset and rewire into that place that might feel very joyful very meaningful very peaceful and so i feel like it's non-linear in other words it's not a direct um prescription of saying well if you do this then your result will definitely be this and it's going to take 45 seconds it's not linear and um and because it's non-linear we have to surrender and take that leap of faith and say am i willing to feel this 
and yeah. not even know what the outcome is. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a huge piece in neuroplasticity because that's when the body and the brain get locked in old patterns, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And in order to start rewiring, rewiring ourselves and rebuilding ourselves, we have to be willing to change physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And all of that's going to feel a little off, you know, a little uncomfortable, a little unusual. And so that's where I feel it was really smart of you actually to go traveling and to let yourself be in a physical, a new environment, new weather, new language, because that naturally is going to put your brain into a place of saying, yes, okay, the climate's different. The people are different. I'm going to dress different. And it's like really opening yourself up really in a, certainly in the physical sense. But I think the mental, emotional, and spiritual often follows the physical. And, and do you want to talk through that a little bit, the, the process of choosing to travel and leave your comfort zone? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, I want to touch on this idea of your fear and comfort zone uh, sure. before I get into the whole travel story. Because this, this idea of fear has resonated very strongly with me in the last year. And pretty much everything I've been doing, you know, has been playing with the edge of my fear and, and being willing to look at my fear. And, you know, I kind of think of comfort zones as uh, three concentric circles. So in the, like the first inside circles, your home, you know, you just feel so warm and comfortable and there's not much change that's going to happen. And then you have that next layer where it's okay. It's starting to like tap into that. Okay. There, it's pretty just, just uncomfortable here. And, and so it's, and then the third zone is basically like, wow, we're going crazy, right? <laughs> and might be a little bit dangerous. So it's basically willing to play with this dance, right? And there's never like a perfect balance, but you're willing to tiptoe on that edge to see what's on the other side of that comfort zone. And, and that's what really led me to deciding, okay, like I've, I've lived in the, the Bay Area of California. So this is near San Francisco, you know, my whole life, you know, I've traveled before, but I really, you know, told myself, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I need to challenge myself. I need to be in a place that's not familiar. I need to open my mind. And, and so, you know, I told myself at the end of 2017, um, I actually was referred to a yoga teacher, uh, ironically, by one of my personal training clients. I was referred to a yoga teacher in Guatemala. And he, um, so I signed up for this training in January. I decided to, um, quit my job in California and basically start a trip with a uncertain, unknown amount of time. I was like, maybe I'll come back. And I mean, that to me, yeah, that on. is just such a leap yeah. of faith. Like that is a true act of surrender. Really. It's like saying, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm not that man I was like, I didn't even know who that was. I don't even know who he is anymore. Like he's kind of like an old dream that's died. And so I, you know, I, I can't be grieving over him forever. That idea of that man, I don't even know what that is. So what I'm going to do is actually like take a massive leap of faith and see what else is out there. Yeah. Yeah. Com completely. And, you know, I, I just said, you know what, like, okay, like going back to what do I, what do I have to lose here? You know, at, at the very least, I'm going to learn something about myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, just getting comfortable with that, with that unknown. And what was great was the yoga training. What I felt 
like was the ideal platform for me to begin this journey because you know for throughout my life i'd say starting in my early 20s i began to practice a little bit of yoga on and off as a way to help find a little bit more physical balance in my body and then the more that i practiced over the years it became more of a meditation um so more of this mindfulness kind of exercise mm-hmm. and i was like you know what i i feel very called to go to this place in Guatemala. It looks beautiful. And I, I, I read the website and I talked to the yoga teacher on the phone. I was pretty much sold immediately. Like this is the right place for me. And um, to have in a sense, this yoga boot camp that I went to where we would get up every morning at five 30 and begin with meditation and pranayama. And we're pretty much busy learning till the evening. You know, I, I love learning about all, all things, health, wellness, related. And so, and for me, what was great about the yoga training was I really enjoyed the philosophy part of it, you know? So, you know, the physical part is just one, one part of yoga, but actually the philosophy of understanding, okay, what is this about? This is about calming the mind, right? This is about connecting deeper with ourselves. This is about a journey inward into ourselves. And it was very much aligned with the beginning of my spiritual journey that I, you know, basically began last year of me asking the question, who am I? Mm -hmm. Why am I here? And what am I, what am I going to give to the world? And um, it was just a great beginning of that journey to start really diving deeper into those questions and learning the process of, of letting go, you know, that I am not all these thoughts that are running around in my head and that I am also not this physical pain that's been in my body. You know, like I am actually me, Nashad is someone different than all of that stuff. And so just, just learning the philosophy, learning the teachings, beginning to establish a meditation practice, which is Mm -hmm. saying that now just sounds odd for me because, you know, I've just been this, you know, athlete, mover, antsy kind of person my whole life who just loves, you know, running around and being out in nature, just Mm -hmm. getting myself to like calm, calm down and find that sense of peace within. And Um, I know you said you had uh, physical chronic pain a lot through your teenage years. Now that you're 30, are you still experiencing physical pain or have you noticed changes to your body as, you know, as you go through your life? I, I've noticed a significant amount of improvement as I have gone from a path of being a very competitive athlete, then to someone um, working in the health and wellness type of field. I've essentially kind of dedicated my life and my career to better understanding the mind and the body and the spirit and how we can recover and how yeah. we can heal. And so you know, when I was younger, especially when I was like, you know, like 18, 19, 20, really young, and just, I was just pushing through pain. I just wanted, you know, some doctors to come and fix me. And I ended up getting all these surgeries and going through tons of physical therapy. And then I, I realized like, I need to like start really paying closer attention to my health and started to become a little bit more interested in the holistic side of things in terms of how I recovered you know, my mindfulness, um, how I nourished myself through eating strategy. And so I'm just constantly kind of, in a sense, working on working through the pain that I feel. And I'm just more attuned to my body. Now I really listen to my body much more than when I was younger. And that's been the key is being willing to listen, you know, because that can be very challenging, very, very challenging. 
Yeah, and one of the key pieces is not only listening, because the reality is, is we can go into a place, let's say, hypothetically, of, of people sometimes call it navel gazing, which is your classic meditation, sitting, mm-hmm. noticing, and like just noticing all the stuff that's going wrong with your body, or noticing everything you hate about your life, or noticing, you know, um, just all the disasters and catastrophes. And I think it's really important, especially if you're listening to this interview and anyone out there has chronic symptoms, it's so important that you listen to your body with love and appreciation. Like listen to what your body is calling for. How can you support what you're feeling? Is there anything in your body that's going well and that's healthy and that you can bring full gratitude towards? Because that's when the brain opens up and our repair systems are more likely to act effectively so we can access our natural healing and innate healing. And when we're in pain, whether it be physical pain, whether it be vertigo or tinnitus, emotional, mental, spiritual, that is our body's way of saying, you know, knock, knock, I'm here, I'm talking to you, listen to me. And actually being able to navigate this inner conversation to access your inner wisdom comes from a place of loving appreciation and loving kindness. And this self-compassion is something that, really comes i think through maturity and readiness and it's not an age thing certainly some some young people get this quite quite early on in life and other people that arrives in their 90s but it's it's time when we realize that it's a point in time when we realize we are perfect right now like enlightenment becoming awakened consciousness full love bliss it's here like it's right now Every single person listening to this interview, you've got this in you right now. The question is, can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you access it? Like, it's in the mindset of of the viewer. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? So talk me through when you suddenly shifted from this rigid, competitive young man who's like, come on, fix me, world doctor. Like, you know, just like the the external validation and, and all of that. Was there a point in time when you started to go, oh my God, like I've got to do this healing. I've got to start to recognize my own inner power and potency and appreciate what's actually here instead of always trying to fix myself and change myself and be that better blah, blah. Can you talk through that, that turning point? Definitely. So I feel like, I, I went through that transition. It was sort of, sort of a gradual transition, but it probably started about four years ago when I left a desk job actually working for a tech company and I decided to jump into the whole health and fitness world. And it was, it was this transition where I realized I wanted to take a more active role in my, my health and fitness. And it had also been a combination of spending so many years, you know, working with different kinds of doctors and, mm. and therapists and trainers and teachers. And I, I really benefited from all that exposure and all the therapy and all the teaching in terms of learning a little bit more about my body. But then once I started to really practice and coach other people, I realized I had to, number one, become a better student of health and fitness if I wanted to start teaching this stuff. <laughs> and then... And then, and then it gave me a little bit more of that um, accountability, you know, and a little bit more of that mission for myself. Okay, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I, I have to figure this out. And the thing is, like, we're all unique, right, individuals. And we know, 
our story, our past, you know, right? We know our thoughts and our feelings better than anyone else. And kind of connecting it with the, the feeling that we were talking about earlier, you know, the, being able to process through um, emotions mm-hmm. has helped me heal my physical body because in my experiences in this last year, especially, I've noticed a correlation between um, the emotional body and the physical body. And through going through deep, you know, deep therapy, deep healing of how we can really store a lot of emotions in our tissues. And, Absolutely. and you know, maybe things like, you know, I learned I was holding on to anger, you know, in certain relationships. And that's just, it, that was just hurting me more than, than anyone else, right? And so learning to let go, learn, learning to process and feel and realizing how that's all connected. I feel like it's really worth reiterating that, especially to people who might be new to my podcast or my YouTube channel. But this is something I see time and time again in all the clients I work with that, and my own life too. You know, when we're able to identify what we're feeling and as, as Nash said, not even necessarily label it. Like I often get my clients to use colors or descriptive words that, bring them into more of a non-judgmental place, but to actually feel through what's going on in our emotional body and have strategies to keep the mental body in clear focus and compassion and kindness. Honestly, the physical pains and symptoms often disappear. They dissipate, they dissolve. The brain actually recategorizes them and positions them in a different place. So instead of the pain being front and center and firing listen to me listen to me listen to me listen to me once we go into that root emotion the brain suddenly goes oh i don't need to worry about that anymore i'm safe they've i'm i feel nurtured i feel supported and then the brain takes that physical pain and it will actually take it to a safer place where it's no longer distracting us so this idea of being able to understand the beautiful complex interweaving of our physical mental emotional spiritual parts of ourselves i mean that is the journey towards health and this is something no external practitioner can do for you like it's physically impossible for someone to come in and sort out your layers it's it's an incredibly inner process um, important in a process and it's it's exciting it's gentle it's humbling it's opening and it's I mean it's absolutely life-changing that's 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 what I see in clients and often it is gradual actually a lot of clients will they they, they gradually change um, you know it's not necessarily a, some people it is but it's not necessarily like a light bulb moment of enlightenment ongoing it's often a bit of a Two steps forward, one step back, hiccup here and a roller coaster ride there. Um, but yeah, that physical body is often the strongest communication we have in terms of the mind body connection. And the physical body is often carrying information that's actually coming from a deeper emotional, spiritual place. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like a hierarchy of events and learning to navigate that is really where the health comes in. That's my, my experience and in many people. And I, I love that. And I will say as someone who's grown up in a world of technology and a heavy emphasis on science and Western medicine, you know, that's the world that I grew up in. And, you know, if I was listening to this, even maybe just a couple of years ago, I would have been, whoa, like this is, this is <laughs> kind of crazy. 
And so I just want to say firsthand through my experiences, um, enduring pretty severe chronic pain in my life and even some near death accidents on the soccer field and, and being able to now process and grow, go through this spiritual journey and really begin to really in, get, get more in tune with my body, my thoughts, my feelings, how much it's all connected. So and I, I just want to want to reiterate that and, and say that again. And I would say what has also helped me is a, an openness to the possibility that the, the answers or, you know, the, the, the answers might be something different than you would have thought originally. Definitely. And also the answers are dependent on the quality of the question. So sometimes if you're not quite getting the answers that you're looking for, I would suggest take a few steps back and ask different questions. Yeah. And so this, this, it's so enigmatic and mysterious because the other thing is, is if, and this is, this is the number one message I send my clients with chronic symptoms. If your intention is to get rid of your symptoms, your chances of success are really low because if you're looking for this destination of elimination and cure, you're kind of, you're grappling in the dark for something that is impossible for a human being. The main reason for that is because we're too dynamic and, you know, you can't predict tomorrow. You might get a stomach ache, you might vomit, like things happen, right? So I think it's more about understanding how to appreciate what you have, how to contact love, how to seek meaning, how to seek purpose, how to be in a place of joy so that you're actually feeling so connected to your heart and to your community and to your purpose that all of those pains and symptoms don't actually bother you anymore. And ironically, from that place, they tend to disappear. I mean, it's not our intention. We're not trying to get rid of them, but they tend to disappear once we're engaged in our purpose and our love and we're in that place of appreciation and gratitude. So intention really matters. And I think... It's, it was, I found it really humbling to meet you and have that chat on the bus in Guatemala because here you are, this young man going, yeah, I'm just picking up my life and I'm just going to see what happens. It's like this sense of destination free. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would. And just really coming back to just following my heart and wherever that was going to lead me. And it was really funny, like after maybe you while I was in the yoga training, so this was maybe a few weeks after I met you, mm -hmm. I went to, uh, I was at Lake Atitlan in Guatemala and I went to the nearby village and I, I met this woman who was, who was selling crystals and I just gave her a really brief background about some of my pain <laughs> and she, she looks at me <laughs> in two seconds says, you're too rigid. You need to go with the flow. <laughs> and um, so just learning to be open to possibility to recognize that, you know, it's okay to, to create plans, but recognize that those plans may, may change and may often change and being okay with that and allowing that inner wisdom mm -hmm. to guide me along my travels while doing the yoga training and getting into more of these mindful practices, I was essentially becoming a lot more conscious like of my everyday life. You know, I was more aware and more awake, I would say, and more present. So the conversations I was having were, were, were deeper. I was more aware of signs around me 
And so I just felt that I had a, a deeper inner guidance that was able to, to take me. And, and from someone who's been more strict and rigid in kind of life plans growing up and having goals, you know, especially being an athlete, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this idea of just letting loose in a sense or more of just being able to go with the flow of, of nature, right? I mean, that, uh, that's a massive skill. And, you know, rigidity is dangerous. It hurts us. When, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this, and I never pretend to be perfect. But when we're rigid and we hold these expectations and we start falling into shoulds, um, and often when we're talking about ourselves a lot, or particularly about our pains or our symptoms, I think that's a really good sign that we need to take that beautiful advice from the crystal lady and just get like that honesty check. Like, am I being rigid right now? Am I taking myself too seriously? Like, how can I just lighten the burden on my shoulders and remember that I'm one of 9 billion people or however many trillion creatures on this planet and we're actually all part of a bigger picture and we're all part of a bigger, bigger interconnectivity. And do I trust the flow of life to the point that I do what I can and I be the best version of me, but part of it's out of my control. There's something else happening around me that's dropping opportunities in front of me and challenges. And how am I going to meet those challenges? Am I going to meet it with a smile and an open heart and curiosity and trust in my resilience and myself or am I going to meet those challenges and close down and say no it shouldn't be like that and this is wrong and this is abnormal and got to change this and got to do that and so kind of closing down and and contracting you know it's almost like a physical contraction instead of that soft expansion and opening so I feel that I I loved what you shared there about the, the letting go and the rigidity because it can sound benign, but it's not. I just want to say to everybody listening, rigid thinking is not benign. It's going to hold you back. And I feel like sometimes even just writing down what you, your thoughts every day for 10 minutes or maybe giving yourself a, um, like record yourself on your phone, talk to yourself, start to listen to yourself. Like what language are you using? It can be so educational, especially for those of you out there who haven't started Rocksteady or don't have professional guidance or a mentor or a coach. What can you do for yourself to help you remain honest and to soften and to help you let go? And on that note, Nash, do you have any words of wisdom or tricks of the trade, things that maybe if there's anybody out there listening who's like, well, I want to do something. I don't know where to start. What little simple practical things helped you surrender, trust, let go? So as you were talking, one of the things that came to my mind is, right, you know, we, we get into these places where we just feel stuck, right? You know, totally. I, I've been there yeah. and it's like, hey, I just, someone tell me what to do, right? <laughs> or I just don't know how to get out of this. And so one thing that, I've really started to think more about lately is what brings me joy? What, what do I dream about? What, what lights me up? Beautiful. And, and, and starting, and this is coming back to that core of who am I, right? Why, why am I here? What can I give? And so I encourage 
people listening to just, you know, get out a pen and paper and just start writing. What are those things that maybe you remember from your childhood that just Mm -hmm. brought you so much joy or maybe gifts that you have, talents that you have or hobbies that you're into that, that bring you joy and maybe even bring other people joy and, and write that down and then, and then look and see, are, are you maybe incorporating any of those things in your life? Um, are there ways that you can incorporate them more? And, and in a way that can also help you maybe connect a little bit more to mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have that, that deeper mission, that deeper why, then, that's such a strong motivation where that can overcome other resistances, other external forces that you may feel like might be pushing you down. Right. But when you have that deep love, that deep passion, that deep fire inside, it's that's, so true. That's going to be able to overcome and to, those other external yeah, forces. And to really ask yourself, because I'm just picturing if there's people out there going, well, I don't have anything. I don't have any talents. I don't have any, I don't know what my joy is. You do know, like, don't let yourself have those excuses anymore. You actually do know what your joy is and you can seek that. And sometimes you've got to sit through 10 minutes of not knowing until suddenly you're like, oh, that's right. I used to like sitting under a tree and staring at the clouds. That was something that I always used to love as a kid. Like let yourself be in that place of receiving and remembering because you have that wisdom inside of you for sure. Mm -hmm. And humans are wired to feel joy. Like undoubtedly you've had access points of joy in your life, even if they're fleeting. Mm -hmm. And the next question that I would have for those of you who might be struggling with that exercise, if you are struggling would be, you know, why don't you trust yourself to find your joy or why aren't you allowing yourself to answer that question? Like, why aren't you worthy of joy? Like it's, you are worthy of it. Like prove yourself wrong. Like, and if you, on a serious note, if you feel so blocked and so stuck that you can't access desire, maybe it is really important that you reach out to family and friends or therapists or mentors or coaches, because this is what life's about. Life is about, accessing joy every day like not just on your birthday or christmas mm-hmm. it is this is our human experience and if you don't know what where your joy is how are you ever going to cultivate it or find it and grow it and expand it and then offer it to the world like we want your joy and so i feel like it it can sound simple but it's profound it's important and arguably I don't know what you feel about this, Nash, but it's essential. Like if we don't have joy, what happens to us? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we like, like you said, we're here on this earth. We all have some sort of gift, right? And I feel like it's part of the human experience to, to tap in, tap into that joy. And one thing I'd like to, to also share that's, that's helped me in this sort of, uh, in this process of self-discovery, um, is finding some sort of what I would call uh, a flow or uh, mind-body practice that can cultivate a deeper sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. And so just to give you some examples, uh, things that have helped me, they may not help you, but it will take some experimentation, but, you know, uh, breathing, uh, conscious conscious breath work, uh, meditation, Um, Some sort of physical activity movement, whether it be playing a sport that you enjoy um, or doing some exercise, 
One thing that's helped me tremendously is time out in nature. And when I was in Central America, you know, going through this deep process of, of learning about myself, I, I spent a lot of time in more of a nature setting, um, whether it was camping, living in eco villages, spending time climbing mountains. Mm. That's for me per- personally, I was able to kind of tap into just like a deeper sense of peace within myself by, um, and also spending some time alone, spending time alone in nature. They are and really that, great examples. And I feel like once again, you know, I, you know, I can say, you know, practicing meditation has been challenging for me and I'm, I'm continuing to, to work on it. So that might not be the answer for you. So it doesn't have to just be meditation. I think meditation is a little bit of a loaded word. I don't actually use it all that often because it, it you know, what does it even mean? Like you have five people in the room and it means five different things, but exactly. I feel like giving, finding safe places for yourself is essential. Arguably could be a form of meditation. So just wherever you feel safe, go to those safe places every day. If you have any access to creativity, whether it be writing, poetry, music, singing, playing in the sand, you know, whatever, like creativity, I feel is really important. And there can be some really golden activities for those of you out there to explore. Um, I went through a phase of loving swimming. I just loved the beautiful feeling of moving and breathing and counting my breaths or counting the laps. And so at one point in my life, swimming was really important. At other points in my life, surfing has been really important and connecting with the tides and the ocean. And there's just so many other factors at play when you're dealing with nature. You know, you can't control the waves. Uh, Yoga has obviously been incredibly important for me. Mindfulness meditation has been important for me in my journey. Sometimes I do painting and I love experimenting with colors. I love languages. So, you know, the, the options are endless. And I think not only is every person different, but people change. So what works yeah. for you this month, you might grow out of and it feels stale and boring. And so then you've got to refresh it and go, okay, I've got to update my practice. Yeah. And this is really the crux of neuroplasticity. It's not prescriptive. It's completely dynamic. So what you needed yesterday, you might not need today. And it has to go through the layers of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So sometimes it's, it's reflective questions. Sometimes it's meditation or prayer work, uh, loving kindness meditation for other people. You know, sometimes it's working at processing emotions like we spoke earlier and being able to feel without labeling and having strategies for that. Sometimes it's inviting friends over for a dinner and, you know, creating community Um, And sometimes it's leg work, it's strengthening. It's like you need to strengthen the reflexes and the muscle pathways in your lower body or in your core, in your abs. Like, so you need to have an understanding of where your weaknesses are, where your vulnerabilities are, where your strengths are and work with that. And this is neuroplasticity. It's completely customized and nobody else can choose what you do except you. And unfortunately, there's no Mr. Huru Guru or Mrs. Huru Guru out there who can say this is what you need and this will fix you. It's a it's a it's a different world of inner trust. Yeah. That that guru is inside you. <laughs> so trust that. <laughs> yeah, meet that guru and form a relationship to that guru because that will be the biggest gift ever to yourself. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm, this has been so much fun, Nash. And 
you know, you've got so many stories in there. I know you could talk forever, but thank you for sharing, um, you know, your story of opening up from being that competitive and successful athlete into drawing a line in the sand and taking a huge leap of faith and becoming uh, a beautiful man who's offering from the heart and working from the heart. You know, I, I always love meeting other professionals who are working in that heart space. For anyone who would like to contact Nash, his website is resilientbeing.me. And I'm going to have a link to that underneath the YouTube and the podcast. For those of you with vertigo and tinnitus, chronic symptoms, go to my website, seekingbalance.com.au. And you will find plenty of resources, programs and supports for you. If you're looking for private therapy because you're feeling stuck or you would like an intensive and supportive journey, you can apply, book an initial consultation with me or look at my beautiful balance program. And I'm very happy to support you through this process of neuroplasticity. And doesn't it feel like, have you experienced that rebirth feeling, Nash, yet? Where it's like you're not the you're not the person you were. It's like there's a whole new person. Just completely, completely reborn. <laughs> mind, mind, body, spirit, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been quite a ride, and um, I'm just really excited to to continue down this path. And mm. uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing where you end up and and all of the the new learnings and experiences that come to you too. Thank you. This is this has been an absolute pleasure. So, uh, yeah. I thank you. thank you so much. No worries. Well, great to connect, and all the best with your future endeavors. Keep us posted, and I can share any links of some of the work you're doing around the California and beyond area. Sure, I, I will definitely do that. Great. All right. Goodbye so for now.